This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Pixel People Podcast, where we go beyond the quest lines to discover the backstories and motivations of our favorite video game NPCs to better understand them and ourselves. I'm Amelia, also known as Firewriter, and each episode I'm chatting with a special guest about a character they find particularly interesting. Since we're taking a close look at how these characters impact the story, please be aware that spoilers are likely. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, so before we dive in, I just wanted to share with you real quick that I now have a Patreon. I have no plans to include corporate advertising on the show, so if you'd like to support what I'm doing here, I hope you'll check it out. I've got some great rewards at every level, including, for Tier 2 and Tier 3 subscribers, an invitation to record and send me your thoughts about a character I've covered on the show to be included in a future episode. Check it out at patreon.com slash firewriter, and you can find the link in the show notes. Thanks so much for being a listener. On with the show. Welcome to Pixel People. I'm Amelia, aka Firewriter, and today's guest is a friend, artist, and writer who loves Fallout, especially delving into character motivation and lore, which happens to make them a perfect guest for this show. Additionally, they enjoy writing fan work, with a focus on the challenge of filling in the unknowns of the source material, along with crochet and cross-stitch. Welcome, Nix, to the Pixel People. Hi! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> So glad to get to talk to you. I've been really looking forward to this. <laughs> Me so, too. So tell us all, who are we talking about today? <gasps> Share Bear! <laughs> and for those of us for those of us out there who are not in the know, who do not know you personally, who exactly is Share Bear? <laughs> it's it's Sharon from Fallout 3. Sharon from Fallout 3. <laughs> or Share Bear. <laughs> You're Cher Bear. Cher Bear. <laughs> Sharon is such an interesting character, yeah. and I, do, I don't know him as well as you do. I do know him pretty well. One of the challenges <clears throat> when I played Fallout 3 was that companions die. Uh-huh. This is very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. It, I reload every I, time. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's three hours. I'm like, nope. He died. I have to reload it. I can't. You have so much more patience than I do because after a while I was like, I can't put you through this and I can't put myself through this. So you're all just going to stay at home. BB, no. While I wander the wasteland alone. Oh. <laughs> you could stand in your corner. You're safe there. I, 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 can't, I can't handle Yes. It was too much for me to handle. So, so I didn't get to travel with him and, and I didn't get to know him as well as I really would have liked to because, you know. You know me. You know my me and, and my ghouls. You know me and, and mine. So fast. <laughs> I do. I do. Really. So for those who are less familiar with Fallout Three, mm-hmm. um, or Sharon in particular, because I mean it's certainly possible to play through the game and really never interact with. Oh them. yeah. Um. So, what role does he play in this game? Um. Well, he's obviously an available companion. Uh. You find him in. The Underworld, which is in the mall section. So it's downtown mm-hmm. DC. Um, which is a ghoul, a ghoul city. It's so cute. Um, in the Museum of Natural History. Yes, thank you. I forgot. Which I've been to. So that was a trip. Oh my God. I would <laughs> lose my mind. 
cool. It's so cool. But uh, so you find him in the trashy ass bar that is the ninth circle. Appropriate. And uh, yes, he's the bouncer. And he stands in a corner and uh, you can't really talk to him. You could try, uh, but he will be like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) He says, talk to Azrakal. Talk to Azrakal. Don't make me to Azrakal. Don't make me tell you again. Talk to Azrakal. Like, (laughs) so he's not very approachable. (laughs) Yeah. But that's him. Okay. Grumpy boy. So, what, so he's a companion. So what do you have to do to get him? Oh, yes. Uh, you have to talk to Azrakal, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in doing well, so, <laughs> yes, in doing so, you learn that he is bound by a contract of sorts. And Azrakal holds said contract. So uh, you can either kill another NPC to get it, which is not what I do at all, or uh, buy it. Mm. And then he's your. Oh, so you didn't kill Azrakal? Oh no, I don't get the pleasure of doing that. No one gets the pleasure <laughs> of doing that. Um, but <laughs> someone gets the pleasure. Someone of doing does, that. though. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you can get the contract and you hold it and you go to you go to little Sharon and you're like, I am your employer, which is a fancy way of saying something else and <laughs> yeah yeah um, and I, I yeah i definitely yeah. want to want to get into that yeah. too uh but later on there's some real uh oh yeah moral gray areas oh yeah this, uh, this concern. a lot of them <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like oh cool please wait here and he saunters over to the bar and says goodbye to azrakal you know <laughs> with a couple slugs with in his, his face <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> and a very special kind yes, of Yes, and Azrakal usually ends up in bits on the floor, and then he's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and then he's he's Sharon, and he's your companion. Yeah. <laughs> Until you fire him, or if you and attack him enough him. and he kills you. Aww. <laughs> Have you done this? No. I can't even imagine you doing this. No. Okay, I was gonna say, no way did you do this. I've watched other people do it, because I was curious, <sighs> and I was like, Ooh. wow. Like, he hits you so hard that you just die. Like, that. <laughs> there's no... <laughs> like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> He's kind of a badass. Yeah, don't attack him, please. <laughs> I know, it's it's so funny, because, you know, I, you get conversations with people sometimes who are like, oh, yeah, I went into such and such place and just wiped all the people out just to see what would happen. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Even on a... Even Mm-mm. when I've saved it before and I know that this is not, like, a permanent thing that I'm... I, I can't do it. I know. Cannot do it. I can't either. Cannot cannot kill these characters I love. Like, people nope. play, like, Brotherhood characters, like, mm-hmm. even in even though in Fallout 3, Brotherhood is way different, but that's an entirely different oh, yeah. conversation. Um, oh, yeah. And um, and they go and wipe out Underworld as a yeah. Brotherhood of Steel character. Oh. And I'm, like, crying. I'm like, please. Yeah, like, why? That, 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 that hurts me. Oh. <laughs> that hurts me deeply. I was so I don't know if you saw on Twitter, um, Nate Perkypile, the artist um, for Bethesda. Uh, he was he's he's leaving Bethesda, and he posted, um, you know, all of the 
the art are all of the things that he'd created during his time and one of them was the underworld <gasps> and i was just like oh i have you to thank for the underworld thank it's you so you know what i mean uh, it's such a cool wonderful place it is in its, it's own little so way <laughs> yeah well it ties in so nicely with you know um you know uh what i was talking about on the last episode with the artist i mean the the feel of that zone is just chef's kiss i mean it's just perfect it's it's so perfectly done and so perfectly matches the atmosphere of the area and and you know there's this there's this irony to it yeah (laughs) you know that that all of these ghouls who get called living corpses and all of these horrible things you know kind of sarcastically created their area and called it the underworld yeah. and took all of these you know it's it's just such such beautiful irony it's like oh, okay well you want to call us this well okay well here you go it you know? really is <laughs> and the characters they wrote for it like are mm, perfect mm-hmm. like tulip they is are. amazing and she yes. gives you a copy Love of tulip. paradise lost it's great yes <laughs> so good so good oh good I know. I gotta. I gotta replay this. God, yes, just, you do. I, I have. I know. I haven't gotten to see them in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have to ask. Uh huh. So, out of everybody in Fallout Three, out of out of all these rules, <laughs> out of all these other characters, what is it about Sharon? What what oh, drew you God. to him? He's his mysterious, mysterious boy. Mm. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. When I first interacted with him like truly i was like there's more mm-hmm. to this guy there's no way like there, he can't just be this fucking big brooding guy who's just like i serve you like what mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what kind of drew me to him i guess was all the the gray and like the yeah the gray areas with his character and just mm-hmm. you know like there's so much to him potentially even though it's mostly conjecture, probably, but you know, that's the fun of it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely, no question. <clears throat> do you do you feel like um do you feel like you connect to him in like a personal way? Do you feel like you have any similarities to him, or do you relate to him in some way? Um, there's it's it's kind of like a nuanced way, I guess. But mm-hmm. like at the end of high school and beginning of college, I was I was kind of like him in the way of like mm-hmm. his demeanor, you know. Mm-hmm. So kind of to yourself. And just very, like, blunt and curt with people. And just, like, I don't care. <laughs> very grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, I guess to kind of tie into the th- the theme of what we're going for. Um, but it's, it's like, I didn't think that would change until certain people stepped in my life. Yeah. And then yeah. they kind of allowed me this to walk this path, like, that I am now. Where, you know, I'm mm-hmm. on air with you right now and like I'm doing freelance <laughs> for a living and all this shit that was just like out of the realm of possibility like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, am I relating to that? Oh my goodness. God. Yeah. No, this last year has been a trip. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. As someone who has watched it from the side, yes. <laughs> the yeah. best trip. A good trip. It, it, Oh, excellent trip. Excellent <laughs> trip. But but you know, but it's it I find it really interesting to talk with cuz you know, the, I mean, our first episode here was on Hancock. Good boy. I was talk- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, another ghoul, another Fallout ghoul, and 
I was talking with Victor and Victor and I have had this conversation before and I'm not sure if you and I have necessarily had this conversation before, but to me, it's very interesting to talk with the people who connect to and relate to the ghouls. I feel like um, there's something about that, that outsider status Mm -hmm. that I think that a lot of people really relate to and for a variety of reasons, you know, Um, Victor talked about you know, kind of the possibility of a chronic pain angle. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've very much related to it as somebody who feels very uncomfortable a lot of the time in my own skin. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and feels kind of judged yeah. based on that sometimes. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of wondering, um, are there aspects about ghouls in particular that you really relate to um, beyond just, uh, Sharon himself? Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) I try. (laughs) Huh. I guess it's kind of like, because I'm also thinking to, you know, the reasons I relate to Hancock also, because that's the other Mm -hmm. one up at the list, right? For me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a lot of it is kind of just this, like, misunderstanding mm-hmm. is, I guess, the best way to put it, where yeah. you get kind of just, like, I don't know. Like, for in high school, for me, it was because, you know, high school is petty as fuck anyway. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, it was stuff as simple as, you know, the, the clothes you wear. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, these outward things that yeah. don't particularly matter. And for ghouls, it's their skin most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, well, fuck. Like, <laughs> there's there's more to me than just this, you know? And yeah. I think that's a big yeah. part of it, relating to what you said about just, like, not being comfortable in your, your being, in your skin. Yeah. It's just like, okay. And that kind of solidifies it, and it's just like, no. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, and I, I think it's interesting because in a way, um, the way that they, uh, the way that they've kind of adapted to that, you know, they've they've kind of developed this this dark humor and you know slightly sarcastic nature and yeah, you know, in a way, kind of embrace that a little bit, and I think it's almost something that you can, um, it's admirable. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's something that you can be like, okay this is a way for me to kind of cope with that situation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that, you know, for some of us, I mean, I'd kind of developed that way of coping long before I'd ever heard of fallout. Yeah. Right. Um, or ghouls or, or whatever. Um, so there's that instant connection of, okay, you're, you're kind of like me. You, you deal with these, these really challenging things, this, this feeling of being, shunned Mm -hmm. of being disliked or whatever in the same way that i do you know i get you yeah i I feel you i feel you you. (laughs) so yeah i I think um but yeah i i tend to find that that a lot in um the people i've talked to who who really relate to goals Mm -hmm. um i don't know if they realized it would be that impactful to people that's a really good question, and I hope at some point I get to ask. I know. That would be pretty You dope. know? 
Yeah. I'm, like, I, did you yeah, know that people are writer and be like, okay, we got to talk about like, this. excuse me. This is the important question <laughs> <laughs> of all the things you've written. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I think it'd be really, <clears throat> you, you know, cause they've been open before about, you know, well, we created this with the intent that, you know, this would happen or people would react in this way and people reacted in this way instead yeah. And that was a complete surprise to us. So I, I really wonder that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and at what point they realized it, too. I mean, if they did, did they realize? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they must have at some point. I mean, by it now, feels but to me, <laughs> hopefully, like, especially by by four. Yeah, it feels like it feels like they got that and it feels like they leaned into it a bit. Yeah. Hancock really like kind of exemplifies mm-hmm. and, and other ghouls yeah. also, but he's the, yeah. obviously the more prominent cause he's a companion you can take around everywhere, but, um, well, the slog is so, yeah. so clearly meant to be like a sympathetic. Yeah. You're meant to sympathize with those characters mm-hmm. there, you know? And I think that, um, so I think, I think to a certain extent they did. I, I, I just, it, it, I wonder, if that was originally, if there was any intent there originally, oh, for or if sure. it was just, just sort of a happy coincidence. Like, oh, well, that's for a, lot of us. <laughs> a thing. Let's roll with it now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, it's one of those things that I, I always find it a fascinating question, um, you know, when I ask, you know, like, what factions do you do you uh, associate with? Because there are certain things that about each one, and it, it there's an element of what does that what does that mean about you why is that you know yeah and i'm not saying that i want to put people in boxes based on you know if they say like i like the brotherhood well that means you're a fascist no right like no nothing like that please well please don't misunderstand me there (laughs) but but um ghoul gang come to your door no i'm just (laughs) but you know i it does make me curious about like okay so does that mean that you like things to be fairly orderly you know Mm -hmm. does that you know I'm I'm always curious about those little th- what what draws somebody to something and oh, yeah. and ghouls that with the ghouls it, it tends to be something of people who tend to feel like outsiders for for some any particular reason that they they definitely find that connection for sure. So when we were talking ahead of time, you know, we were talking about possible themes and stuff. Yeah, um, the one that immediately floated the, to the surface for you was redemption. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping we could kind of talk about that a little bit and where you see redemption in Sharon's story. Oh, boy. <laughs> so this is where conjecture probably... <laughs> That's... Go for it. Okay. The conjecture is based on... I mean, it's not... It doesn't just come out of nowhere. Right. It's based on hints that you get from the story and, you know, from the things he says and, and you know, uh, what we actually see. And then, you know, we can kind of move forward with that and fill in the blanks yeah. and not everybody will fill them in the same way but it's true and but you know i'm yeah clearly this means a lot to you and and oh. you're the one who gets to talk about it <laughs> so, <laughs> so i want to you know i want to i want to hear how how that works for you and how you how you how you come to that conclusion so as far as him and redemption goes so i guess when you get his contract initially or when you talk to Azrakal, even, I guess. Because uh, you can ask him about the contract. And Azrakal, for whatever reason, will just, like, spout all of it to you. Because he doesn't particularly care. I guess. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, he says, uh, I wrote it down, actually. Uh, he says, and I quote, chains are earned, never forced. Hmm. And so there's, like, hmm. this kind of weird implication that uh, that Sharon's employment before and up to Azrakal, potentially, is rather immoral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he hasn't been in the best of hands, probably, for however long. Potentially centuries, yeah. if you think he's yeah. pre-war. Uh, you know. Um, and uh, and Azrakal, I think, later in the same paragraph of dialogue, he says, uh, let's see. Sharon has made some choices that landed him in my employ. Mm. As in, like, he deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a shit. Yeah. What a shithead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what he's saying Sorry. there. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so after this, you know, life of servitude that is alluded to be maybe even, like, evil. We don't know. Yeah. Because uh, Azrakal ain't yeah. no glimmer of hope anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Lone Wanderer steps in and unless you're playing evil, then this whole point is entirely fucking mute anyway, but whatever. And... <laughs> but anyway... We'll just, we'll just presume that we're playing the Savior of the Wasteland <laughs> okay. uh, variety. You know, appa- apparently uh, there's, there's like some... I don't know if research is the right word, but there are some um, polls and stuff that have been done that indicate that most people do tend to play that way. So Okay, good. At least on their first playthrough. Yeah, that makes me happy too. <laughs> Because if you play in evil, this whole point is entirely mute. So, I mean, whatever. Take it as a grain of salt if you want. But, uh, sure, of course. <laughs> um, so, you purchase the contract. And regardless of your alignment, anyway, he will kill Azrakal. There's no stopping that, by the way. At all. Uh, <laughs> I have no problem with this. I mean, neither. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so regardless... You allow him to get rid of, in his words, the evil bastard, as recall. That's his yeah. term. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, so, you know, there's, he might have this, he won't express it, obviously, but there's this uh, glimmer of possibility of redemption for all the wrong he's done before. And mm-hmm. it, uh, and so if you have. This is an interesting little tidbit. If you have broken steel installed, mm-hmm. you can order him. It is an order, technically, but you can have him start the purifier at the end game instead of oh. you. So you can give him the code and say, go start the purifier. And uh, talk about fucking redemption, right? Because <laughs> Sharon yeah. just made the water drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> and that's not something that benefits him personally. No, not like at it all. doesn't matter to a ghoul whether the water is clean or not. And you know, of course, you can you can write it off as, but you ordered him, you know, and he's supposed to obey your order. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he does have the potential to say no to an order because you can't make him go get the gek in eighty seven for you. He won't oh, do that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> so he'll refuse that order. So technically, he could refuse this order. Right. Hmm. 
<laughs> that's interesting. I'm like, I'm kind of chewing that over. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what do you think the difference is there? I... Like, is it just simply a matter of game mechanics? Oh, or no. Or do you think that there's something that's in- intended to be implied? I, you know, hmm. It's it's easy to write it off as game mechanic, right? Right. But we overthink things. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do best. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Welcome to the, the interior of my brain. <laughs> Mine too, because I overthink this. <laughs> There would be no podcast without right. this. Right. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so, <laughs> allow me to overthink every character I've ever interacted with. Obviously, mm. hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um. So you could write it off as Bethesda didn't think about it. Mm. Easy, right? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. But I like to think of it as you know because it takes a while to get to this point in the game, right? And if you're like me, you yes. go get Sharon like almost fucking immediately. Um, <laughs> you're dragging your level one butt all the way to the underworld. Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> like, is there another way to play the game? No. We're uh, <laughs> haul ass through those metros, boy. Um, oh god. And uh, so. <laughs> So he's been with you regardless for a good chunk of, you know, potentially, I guess, for a good chunk of your journey. And, you know, he's kind of seen you as you progress and and maybe even been there with you through, spoilers, your father's death. (gasps) Uh, (laughs) Game's like over 12 years old. What the fuck? Anyway. (laughs) I'm not sweating spoilers. Okay. (laughs) It would be a very short show if I was uh, sweating spoilers. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so he's potentially been through all this stuff and he's he's seen you work to make the wasteland a better place. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not playing evil again, uh, you've Mm -hmm. treated him with respect. Yeah. And decency for once. And, uh, you know, and given him purpose. So maybe he doesn't reject that order because he has a purpose. And he's like, oh, now I can do something. Oh, <laughs> Our so baby's grown up. It's <laughs> all grown up. Oh. But it's, it's interesting to me that he can reject an order. Yeah, he'll claim like, it's how... not combat. Okay. Like he'll only okay. obey combat orders. I don't have the exact quote up right okay at this moment but he he'll say you know he can only obey like combat based orders or some something um but uh yeah and i guess ordering him to fetch something is not Mm. a combat order which is fair Mm, debatable (laughs) i mean he'd have to fight things to get it yeah, I don't know if there's enemies past that point because it's like a it's an remember. area in Vault eighty seven that's like you know a million and one rads at a per second and right. it's like yeah yeah. Uh, yeah you send Fox in there normally that's right yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, if you try to send him to get the Gek mm-hmm. uh he will say why is this marked as happy by the way that's weird uh he will say <laughs> he will say uh. Quote, the contract entitles you to my services in combat. I'm nobody's errand boy. I'm afraid you'll have to get it yourself. 
Interesting. I'm nobody's errand boy. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, he don't like that. Hey guys, as you know, I'm part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, and I wanted to take a moment to introduce you to a couple of other great Rocket Club shows you'll want to check out. Greetings, members. We welcome you to our little enclave. We have opened our archives to tell the story of the new enclave in Appalachia. Follow our cast of former Vault 76 residents as they struggle to rebuild what had been lost. Join us here on the MODIS files. We can be found on any Enclave-sanctioned network, including Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and more. And may you, dear listener, survive and thrive as our little Enclave has. Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie, this is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Alteris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Eh, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Long gone are the days where people sing about West Virginia as almost heaven. After nuclear war and disease, it's far from heaven now. Far from Heaven, a Fallout 76 story podcast, is a tale of survival, conflict, and hope set in the Fallout 76 game world. Join our survivors on their journey to reach that almost heaven once more. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and many other great podcasts and apps. Far From Heaven, a Fallout 76 story, available now. So I want to dig into, and this is, this is, um, this is kind of a, a tricky, tricky conversation when dealing with Sharon. Mm. So... The contract. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> how, d- how? Number one. How does this work? It's out. There's there's a brainwashing thing. Yeah. Azrakal does mention that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while Azrakal says that he's not a slave, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how he's been treated. Yeah. So. Let's dig in a little bit Ooh. to the moral implications of you holding the contract. <laughs> I know, Ooh. right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a tricky conversation. Oof. No so, matter if you're good or evil, why are you holding mm-hmm. that? Hmm. <laughs> is there a way to not hold that? Probably not, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, if he's so, brainwashed, you know. Probably not. So it's like, so what does that mean? Because then you're benefiting from this terrible thing that happened to Sharon. Mm-hmm. And he's following you because he kind of has no choice. Yeah. So we've taken, 
this 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 I think this is a really co- difficult conversation. Oh yeah. Because we're kind of talking about consent here. Yep. And that he can't. Mhm. Sad. Yeah. It's honestly making me tear up right now cuz I hate it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it gets it gets even trickier when I mean, you can't you can't romance companions in um how unfortunate (laughs) well is it though because let's think about this but let's think about you hold the contract and you romance him yikes (laughs) yikes yeah exactly yikes is right yikes um is i mean is there a way around that we know that he can turn down some commands Mm -hmm. and i I wouldn't exactly describe that as a combat service. Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) no. (laughs) But, um, but, but we don't know where the line is. Yeah. So. And he won't tell you. No. He he either won't won't or he can't. It's hard right. to tell. And, and there's a there's a really that's a really important distinction too mm-hmm. between won't and can't. Yeah. So So mm. if if you were to romance him, if if this was an option, there's some gnarly implications. Oh there. yeah. Unless you have to do a quest first of like breaking it or something, but I have yeah. thoughts about that. <laughs> oh, tell me. I want to know your thoughts about oh, that. Oh god. <laughs> you can't just you can't just say that and then drop it. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So the reason I we're gonna get into why I think Sharon being freed is a bad idea right now. Oh, let's hear it. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> y'all settle down. Angrily, feverishly <laughs> typing. Stop. Okay, stop. Listen. Hold on. <laughs> um. So you know. If this kind of implies or gets into uh, thinking about ferals and how they work, okay. um, psychologically speaking, which is a whole different thing, I suppose, but um, I'm kind of of the mindset that uh, if you wanted to prevent going feral, you know, uh, purpose is involved. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you don't have a purpose, it, it's, I, this might be distasteful and I'm sorry if it is, but I like equate it to like Alzheimer's symptoms and like managing. I've, like, I've pers- made that you know? comparison before. Um, I know like on the lore cast, there was a conversation, <clears throat> uh, about like the scariest thing about the wasteland, I think was what the topic was or something like that. And I went with ferals. Mm. And I went with ferals because I think that in a lot of ways they are an allegory for Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. Because that idea of losing that crucial part of who you are yeah. is so sad and so terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it really it really hits on like just this this uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it just, just hits just hard. Visceral fear, <laughs> yeah. you know, that we all have of, you know, I mean, 
of of unbecoming it's more than just a fear of mortality because you're still alive you know um but the things that make you you are fading Mm -hmm. and that's 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 a terribly sad thing to to ponder so like if we think that all ghouls are living their lives that these long extended lives with this unknowing you know inability to know what might cause them to lose what makes them them and turn into these creatures that they see all over the place Mm -hmm. that's a very difficult thing to live with yeah yeah it's uh yeah yeah (laughs) it makes you think (laughs) Mm -hmm. it does it's it's like it's heartbreaking because i can't imagine yeah doing that for potentially like over 200 years right like (laughs) well and it's like i mean we have like tests now that can tell you you know there there are certain types of uh dementia Mm -hmm. where they can spot it and they can tell you if you have the gene for it yeah you know and i mean that's that's a really big question there and i know that there's been a lot written on that particular subject you know and and you know the question of would you want to know or would you not want to know yeah um but uh, uh, let me circle back around because you were talking about sorry i kind of went no you're fine this tangent here it tied into um, but it you were talking you were talking about purpose yeah so is is this is this kind of a is this kind of a headcanon for you or is it implied somewhere in the game i i, I think it's I more know. of a headcanon because honestly okay, there's not a lot you can the sharon doesn't give you like anything and uh-huh. what Azrakal gives you may or may not be bullshit because right. it's Azrakal, right? So, right. you know. Um, so most of what I have for Sharon's like characterization is going to be headcanon. Uh, but I okay. try and base it off of like his personality. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't yeah. just pull it out of my ass. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would bug me. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, uh, the contract is a shitty thing, obviously, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I am not implying otherwise. However, yeah. it gives him purpose. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you hold it, and he has a purpose to protect you. Yeah. So if you break the contract and make it obsolete, what the fuck is Sharon supposed to do? <laughs> well... But then he would be free to make his own purpose, right? Because, I mean, I don't have a contract binding me. Right. But I, I can find purpose. You know, I have a, I have a lot of things that I've found purpose for. Uh, so. You are correct. Would, but how long has Sharon been able to have a free, have any freedom? Mm-hmm. You know, because Azrakal, and I think he says he implies that Sharon grew up around an interesting group of individuals that brainwashed him oh oh, oh, so it implies maybe he was a this is obviously all headcanon relax Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) but it implies that maybe um he was a child yeah and uh or that word raised is really crucial yeah so he he grew Mm -hmm. up being brainwashed 
So, honestly, yeah. when was the last time he was able to think for himself? Hmm. <laughs> I think it's it's something that it's like, this is one of those really, like, areas where you, you have to tread so carefully. Oh, yeah. You know, because what we're kind of talking about is the difference between safety and freedom. Yeah. And there's, and this, it's not even really a spectrum because there's, there's so much overlap, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Um, and, and everybody falls in a different place on this <clears throat> and it's, which, which is okay until you, you're making decisions for somebody else mm-hmm. based on your own personal comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. For where you fall on that, on that. I keep wanting to call it a spectrum, but it's just not quite right. But but that <laughs> that that balance of of safety and freedom. Mm-hmm. So my I guess my question would be, if you own the contract, you're making that decision for Sharon. Uh huh. So it's it, it's it's such an interesting and and difficult dynamic. Yeah. Um, because you're trying to do right by him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, just the fact that you own it is like wrong. Yeah, and it's not like you can give it to him, right? Yeah, and yeah, and there's hold no it, way. And you're like, there's absolutely. I mean, yeah. whether you want to or not, there's absolutely no way, no, to free him from this contract. And, and I, it, you know, I mean, you know that I like, I enjoy fanfic, and oh, me too. I write it. Of the, yeah. <laughs> Like, well, like, a lot of the fics that I read about Sharon really center on the moral questions of the contract, mm-hmm. you know, and how, and a lot of them center on how to break him of the contract, too. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, I, th- I think that it's something that everybody who identifies with this character is really deeply troubled by. Oh, yeah. For good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should be troubled by <laughs> yes. it. If you're not troubled by it, then you're not thinking about it, right? <laughs> you know, I guess it's it's hard because you know a quote unquote good, and and that's heavily yeah. in quotes, heavily like it makes me uncomfortable to say this, but a quote unquote good slaveholder is still a slaveholder. Yeah, and Azrakal can pretend he ain't a slave, but. Yeah, he kind of is. He kind of is. He can he can turn down orders, obviously, and he can backtalk you because he will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, he'll do as you ask or order, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of. I, like, I wonder so much, like what what kind of brainwashing took place to to make that happen? Ooh. Like what? Like what does he feel? What does he feel inside himself if you give him an order, you know, if, if he wants to not do it, if he, is it, is it painful? Is it like mentally painful? Is it, it, there's, I'm I'm curious, you know, what does he have to cope with to deny an order? Right. I, uh, I know a lot of people and I kind of fall into this too. Because I have a headcan for how he got brainwashed too. I have a headcan mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> um, 
And uh, there's a headcanon for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I can totally get into if you really want, but um, go for it. But I kind of have this idea that uh, like it's because it's obviously a brain thing, right? So mm-hmm. maybe he gets people who also have migraines will know what I'm talking about, but like that like fuzziness and blinding like ow in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's I don't know. It's hard to say, obviously, because well, know, yeah, we're not yeah. him, but <laughs> yeah. and all he gives you is no. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, okay. I, I just, I wonder what it costs him, you know, internally to to do that. Yeah. And I wonder if that's on a spectrum too, like, you know, with certain things he can, because since he can deny an order, mm-hmm. like, is that just like a twinge versus, you know, a, a particular type of order where it's just like full on, you know, disabling or something. Yeah. It's hard to tell. It's, he is a little box of mystery. Well, I mean, and plus, I mean, he pretty much says, you know, because he, when he kills Azrakal, Azrakal was obviously making him do things that he did not want to do. Azrakal had a drug trade. Yeah. Evil bastard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely, hold on, I have it pulled up. Yeah, so he says, you know, Azrakal was an evil bastard. Mm-hmm. That's his quote. Uh, so long as mm-hmm. he held my contract, I was honor bound to do as he commanded. But right. now you are my employer, which freed me, which freed me to rid the world of that disgusting rat. Right. And now, for good or evil, I serve you. What a scary moment that has to be for him. He has no idea what he's going. He has to get. no idea who you are, but he's honor bound to you. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, it's like I, I'm. I'm even concerned by the term term honor bound because to me, honor implies that you have a choice. Yep. You know he was probably programmed to say that. Oh yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. But if you hold on, there's an interesting moment and looking through his dialogue, I just uh I just Ooh. remembered. Um so when you get his contract, you have different options for how to tell him. So you can uh mm. you can say, you know, I have good news, I'm your new employer. Which mm-hmm. is what most people say. Uh, yeah. Or you can say, none of that. You belong to me now. Mm. Which is yikes. Uh, yikes, yeah. And his response is, I belong to no one. Except he does. Except you do! <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, when, you, when you're talking in terms of, of humans, belong can be, I mean, because you can... You know, you can you can say it as a, you know, I belong with you. You know, I'm your person. I love you. That kind of thing. But belong to but, is different. Yeah. When you're, uh, there's an entirely other meaning. Yeah. That is not. It's very interesting. <laughs> that is. Uh, and he, and he, <laughs> he says it, if I remember right, because I, I don't say, I don't pick that option, but I've seen people right. who do. And he says it very mm-hmm. like. I belong to no one. And he's very, just kind of like, <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I, I, but you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess maybe he's programmed to believe he doesn't. I don't know. 
That's an interesting thought. Like, I mean, to program him to believe that he's doing this by choice. Yeah, that would be God. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. <laughs> oh, sure. Hard to think about. Yeah, it's really hard to think. See, about. he's it's deeper like, than y'all so think he is. He ain't just some brute who walks around <laughs> and shoots things. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. And I think, you know, I think that it's really good writing to, you know, to make people sit with that and be uncomfortable with that, yeah. you know. Um and you know, obviously, we don't know how he got brainwashed at least canonically. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a headcanon for that. <laughs> <laughs> If that's something you want me to delve into, because it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> hey, I say go for it. Go for it? All right, cool. That's what I'm here for. I'll go I'm for it. I'm here for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Been waiting to talk about this fucking headcan forever. Um, Go get him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strap him, boys, girls, and everything in between. Uh, <laughs> so, Vault 92. Are we familiar with Vault 92? Uh, Probably not. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, it is a... Uh, if you are familiar with Agatha in Fallout 3, who uh, ah, you grab her violin. One, right? Yes, the Musician okay, Vault. Okay, the Musician Vault. Got it. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are not... For, for, for everyone out there who is not me, can you expound on that? Yeah, okay. A bit. Uh, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, so Vault 92, you go there to get a violin for an NPC named Agatha. Um... <clears throat> so that's a quest you can do, or you could just find it by yourself. Um, yeah. And it was a vault populated by musicians, particularly like ones of high merit or prodi prodigies or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, Vault Tech gave the reasoning that they wanted to preserve the musical arts in post-apocalyptic America. Uh, so they stuck all these musicians in a vault. And we're like, okay, we'll protect you, but you gotta practice and you gotta, you know, keep your game up for when the vault opens. Um, and musicians are like, okay. Like, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. Um, I know. Like, and no problem. <laughs> and uh, their overseer, Richard Rubin, I believe was his name. That's a great name. I know. <laughs> that's a, it's producer, Rick Rubin. Or Richard Rubin. Um, yeah. It's an actual producer. And if you... If you read, this is like going into like terminals, our favorite thing. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, you know, and this is really reading into things, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, but of course, Vault Tech being Vault Tech has to have an experiment, right? Because mm -hmm. they're a bunch of shitheads. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, their confidential plan was white noise mind suggestion combat experimentation. Mm. Oh, I see where you're going. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um yeah, so in his in his overseer terminal, he uh I have the quote here that uh let's see. So he says, you know, the results are better than I could have ever imagined. The sheer strength and tenacity of combat suggestion implanted test subjects is incredible. Imagine, see if this sounds familiar, by the way, imagine an entire army of people who would never disobey a direct order from a high command and can fight yeah. until it takes over 20 bullets to stop them. Yeah. Hmm. 
<laughs> I think you're onto something. I mean, headcanon or not, the pieces fit. Yeah. Um, and so the thing with Vault 92, also, to expand on this for people who don't know this vault as well, <laughs> mm. uh, which is probably most people because it's kind of buried. Uh, but uh, so the result of this experiment uh, is about half of, I think it was like half or so of the test subjects uh, became unstable and started attacking people. Um, because obviously this experiments like never go well. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so, um, and people started asking questions, you know, like, because obviously residents didn't know what was going on. Um, and uh, Ruben had the lead researcher killed because he started asking shit. And, yeah. you know, he was, you can't, uh, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the vault door was opened because they tried to escape. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was left open. When you get there, the door's open in game. Um, yeah. So maybe that's how our boy became brainwashed. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Which also kind of implies he was a musician, which is kind of cute. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> I, <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the brainwashing, but I like that he was possibly a musician. Yeah. Or the child of a musician. True. Um, and, you know, maybe this is obviously headcanon, I'll reiterate. Uh, but yeah. um, but maybe he was subjected to these experiments. Yeah. And he was particularly... because. You know, it's implied he was a child because he grew up, right. quote unquote. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I believe most, if not all, the other residents were adults. Um, I think there's terminals that go into like who exactly is in the vault, but I didn't mm -hmm. read up on that beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I guess you could figure that his young brain was more susceptible as child brains are, and uh, yeah. And it worked. And they had a yeah. they had a command phrase, I'm pretty sure, as a failsafe. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, sanity is not statistical. Oh. You know. <laughs> I have it written down. What do you mean? <laughs> when I say I get into it, I get into it. <laughs> um, so. Six doesn't play. Hell yeah. So it makes me wonder, like. Obviously, this would be if this was canon. What would happen if you said that? Mm. As the player. Mm. Yeah. That's a weird thing to think about right there. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, But yeah, and I guess you could... Uh, and then him and Ruben left. And, you know, mm -hmm. rest is history, right? But yeah, that's a headcanon. You know, it's not... That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good head. I mean, it's not just, like, made up out of, you know, nowhere. Like, there's evidence for it. I like it. Yeah. But, you it's know, one. It's, it still implies that, you know, the contract is shit, but... Right. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I feel like there's... <laughs> there's no way to, like... Um, there's no way to sugarcoat it, really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't make the canon... Uh, the canon. Good lord. <laughs> You can't make the contract into a good thing. No. Um, I want to I circle back a little bit, <clears throat> you know, before we kind of wrap things up. Yeah. 
Um, back to redemption. Yes, that was right. That was what we were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Th- this is I. I love I love my rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Obviously, shoot. <laughs> um, so, so in your view, <clears throat> the sole survivor, not the sole survivor, the lone wanderer. What <laughs> game am I talking about here? I caught it. I caught it's it. It's okay. Um, the lone wanderer offers Sharon redemption. Mm-hmm. Can you speak more to that? Um, I could try. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, this is, again, if you play a good character, for God's sake. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, you can do things like, um, wipe out Paradise Falls. It's a slave town, for those who don't know. I'm trying to think of what else. And obviously starting the Purifier, but it, it kind of opens, because he's been stuck in this fucking bar for who knows how long, right? Mm hmm Um, and, uh. Just standing in a corner and not really doing anything <laughs> except throwing people out, probably. Um, uh, but, you know, so you kind of, regardless if you play good or evil, I guess, you open the door, at least. Mm-hmm. You get him out of Underworld. That's step one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh,. Yeah. You know, from there, I I like to imagine, like, sure, he's he's bound by contractual obligation, which is a whole bag of yikes, and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we delved into that, but, mm-hmm. um, but I like to imagine he has the potential to kind of uh, be open-ish, mm-hmm. since that door is opened now, and mm-hmm. as he sees the Lone Wanderer, kind of do their thing and for the fight the good fight as three dog puts it you know yes (laughs) uh and uh (laughs) and sharon can potentially even you know start the purifier and make clean water happen yeah and it's it's kind of this i don't know maybe he's i I get where you're going yeah because because it does sound like um you know, as as we just as we as we mentioned, Azrakal was making him do some pretty shitty things. It sounds like mm-hmm. so he can go from doing shitty things to not shitty. being a part of the transformation of the Capital Wasteland. Yeah, and I mean, even like the ending, like the end narration. Granted, this applies to any companion you send into the Purifier. Uh, <laughs> so you can send Fox in, and you can send. There's a Mr. Gutsy you can get to, but... But only if you have the DLC. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it'll make you be the end game. Uh, right. Yeah, because when I... I've <clears throat> only finished Fallout 3 once, and I didn't have the DLC at that time, yeah. so I didn't have any other options. Uh, but the ending narration will call him a true hero. Mm. Which I think is cute. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so, I mean, going from this bouncer who did things that were super immoral, probably, and even mm-hmm. before that, and, you know, Lone Wander kind of opens the door to being, potentially being a hero of the Capital Wasteland. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
made big move for yeah. our boy Sharon. Big, big, big britches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh no, I just it warms my heart. Because <laughs> no, like I'm like, oh, you can do good. You just gotta gotta believe in yourself. Be given the opportunity. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much for bringing Sharon to talk about. He's I am he's so cool. Always happy to talk about Sharon. <laughs> he needs there there needs to be more with him. Yes. He is a think, bag of worms. He is. He brings up so many more questions than he answers and in a way I kind of like that, you know, because I like the speculation. I like the thinking on it. I like trying to answer those tricky questions when you know, if you're trying to play someone good, but you're holding, you're holding that contract. Yeah, and I mean, there's not an know. answer for it. We didn't have an right. answer for it, but that's fine because it's supposed to be this dilemma of like, well, sure, you can have him redeem himself, but I mean, you're still ordering him. What a moral dilemma in a Fallout game. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> the hell are those? <laughs> It's almost like those main quests y'all talk about. <laughs> main quest? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> I only do the side quests. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding a little. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> That's what I do. So if, if anyone uh, wants to connect with you, talk with you a little bit more about about uh, Sharon <laughs> Moral ambiguity and uh, Fallout Three, Fallout in general. Uh, where can they reach you? Uh, I have a Twitter. Obviously, it's a uh, Trash Queen Nix, and then that same name on Twitch. If you want to come hang out while I potentially play Fallout Three with Sharon. <laughs> but yeah, or create awesome art, or that. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I've been known. Hey, do not let Nix fool you. Nix is a fabulous artist so so talented (laughs) well thank you (laughs) but yeah i stream there under the same name so awesome yeah all right and i'll have all of that in the show notes too so people can find you well thanks Thank you again. Well, thank this you. was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to dig into this. I, I've I've been really anticipating this one, so oh. I was really excited to get to get to really dig into this. Heck yeah! And with you, because you're awesome and wonderful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pixel People podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the game and characters discussed, and to connect with me and my guest. Want to be a guest on the show? There's a link in the show notes for a short form you can fill out, and I'll reach out to you. Our theme music was by Elias Ali and Andy Brooks. You can follow the show on Twitter at PixelPeoplePod and keep up with FireRider on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time!